Why don't we stand together just quickly for the reading of the word. Going to talk. Very excited. <clears throat> Over the next seven, eight weeks, we're going to hear through many different voices. We have a diverse, dynamic team that are going to discuss the responsibility that we have as individuals, not just to receive the gifts of the Spirit, but to exercise the fruit of the Spirit. Someone say the fruit. The fruit of the Spirit. And the Bible gives us some very good insight. Matthew in chapter 7, Jesus spoke, verse 16, ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth not good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, he, he emphasizes, he reiterates it, wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. And, and he's laying the, the, the context of good fruit and evil fruit. He's laying the context of lives that produce and what you produce is an indicator of what you are. He, he lays that, that guideline out for us. But in the midst of that conversation that Jesus is happening, he says, Ye shall know them by their fruits. As people of God in this age where media is conveying and portraying nonstop, there needs to be a people of God that portray nonstop what God has done in our lives and what God wants to do through our lives. And, and we're just going to talk about that for a few weeks. Uh, handouts are already out, I believe. Usher's already passed those out. But why don't we just lift our hand for a moment and ask the Lord to speak to us tonight, ask for God to talk to us. Let's, let's ask him for his help. Jesus, I thank you for this tremendous privilege that we have of standing before people that are eager to learn of your word. God, we don't take that lightly, that responsibility, and I thank you that, God, people are eager to learn more, God, that they're eager to dig deep. I thank you that you've given ears, God, that are willing to hear what the Spirit is saying to the church, but God, I ask that you would not just allow us to be hearers, but God, as we discuss and dialogue about the fruit of the Spirit, I pray that, God, that we would become doers, that we would become action God, an action plot, a plan of what you're doing in lives and what you want to do with others. We ask it in your precious and in your powerful name. In Jesus' name we pray. Would someone just clap hands to the Lord for a moment? And you can go ahead and be seated. The fruit of the Spirit. Now we are apostolic Pentecostals. We love the moving of the Spirit. We love the outpouring of the Spirit. We love, uh, we love to quote Acts. We love the book of Acts. Any, any apostolics in the room? We love to quote Acts. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And the Bible says, ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. We, we know that we are going to be witnesses and and often in our mind, we believe that that witness has got to be some kind of dialogue that we uh, entertain with someone else, a, a conversation that we have with someone to discuss our testimony, to talk to them uh, what we know about as far as doctrine. But can I just remind us all that your life is a testimony to the world around you. The way that we act every single day is a testimony to the people around us, the, how we respond in certain situations is a testimony to those around us. I, I love being in church and talking about the outpouring of God's spirit. I love that. I love that part of it. 
I love it when we feel what we feel, just moving in the room a few moments ago. I know I've got witnesses in the room. But, but walking with God and living for God takes on a whole different context when we realize this doesn't end tonight at 8, 10 p.m. This carries on. This continues. This continues on our drive home with our spouse. This, this continues tomorrow morning when the shirt that we're looking for can't be found. This continues tomorrow morning when road work in Fredericton raises the level of frustration a little bit. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. You may have Jeff Arnold playing through your Apple radio, Apple, what is it in the car? A car play. You may have some preaching going on, but if you're not living it out, people are watching what's happening. And, and part of the witness isn't just what you speak and what you know and, and as far as a dialogue over doctrine. Some of that witness, or a large degree of that, witnesses, that witness happens because of the fruit of the Spirit that's in your life. Well, that's a, that's a quiet response. Everyone's saying, okay, where are we going with this? Let's, let's talk a little bit about, about the fruit of the Spirit before we talk about it in particular. The, the growth, the overflow, the output of your life is a result of what is in your life. God is a Spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. So if God is that Spirit, then our worship happens through our lives in spirit and in truth. So God, that spirit, has a product. The fruit of the spirit is a product of that God that we're talking about tonight. That God that we sang about. That God with an infinite, immeasurable love. That, that God, that spirit, produces something when you let him in your life. Galatians chapter 5, this is in your handout. You can just circle it if you want. But when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no conflict with the law. There is fruit that comes out in our lives when the Holy Spirit comes in. Now, I'm with everybody and, and wanting people to be prayed through. I'm with everybody in a new birth experience. We need people to repent at this altar. We need people to be buried in waters of baptism in Jesus' name so they can rise to walk in newness of life. We need that to happen. We need people to seek the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And when it's evidenced by the infilling, it happens with speaking in other tongues. We, we need that to happen in people's lives. But we can't, someone say we can't stop there. We can't stop there. We have to continue on. As a matter of fact, there is a converse to, to a, a conflict in our life that we will face every single day with decisions. Who are we going to serve? What's, what's going to live out in our lives? Uh, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit. If you backed up in that chapter, just a few verses to verse 19, you'd find that if you follow the desires of your sinful nature, then your lives will produce these evil results. Sexual immorality, impure thoughts, eagerness for lustful pleasure, idolatry, participation in demonic activities, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, divisions, the feelings that everyone is wrong except those in your own little group, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other kinds of sin. Let me tell you again, as long as I ha have before, that anyone living this sort of life will not 
inherit the kingdom of God. And so we are saddled with the understanding and the responsibility of knowing that our lives are going to produce something. You're going to, if you follow this, the desires of your sinful nature, your lives will produce these evil results. That's what the scripture says. However, if we allow the spirit of God in our life, then the fruit of the spirit is evidenced in our walk with God. The fruit of the spirit. The fruit of the spirit. So let's just say your first blank there. The fruit of the spirit is produced spiritually, not naturally. Spiritually and not naturally. Like all fruit, the fruit of the Spirit grows out of its root, which is in the character of God. God is a spirit. So if God's spirit is at work in our heart, if we, are, uh, if we understand that we have received his spirit in our life, then something is going to happen. And, and the fruit of the spirit is evidenced of the root. It's the same way that you know, if you see them potato plants and PEI, you know that under the soil, what are you going to find? You're not going to find July strawberries. You're not going to find August raspberries. You're not going to find uh, late summer, what, bumbleberries? I don't know. Blackberries, there we go. You're not going to find that. If you dig that soil and you know, you know that, that the top, you're going to find the, the root determines the fruit, especially with potatoes. It is the root. Um, so you're going to find beneath the soil what you knew you were looking for. It's evidenced by what's produced. It's there. And so it's the same way in our lives. Like all fruit, the fruit of the Spirit grows out of the root, which is the character of God. So why, does, why do these fruits evidence in our life? Well, you can find that in that little chart that's right there in the bottom of your handout. God is love, so we're going to evidence love. God rejoices over us, so we're going to find joy. He, he's a God that rejoices, so we're going to find joy in our life. He's the God of peace. So guess what? Peace is going to be a fruit that flows out into our life. God is patient, 2 Peter 3, 9. So patience evidenced in our life. He is kind to us. His kindness to us. Ephesians 2 and verse 7 talks about uh, the grace of God and his kindness towards us. His kindness is there. He said, I will see the goodness of the Lord. The psalmist said, if God's goodness is there, then goodness is going to evidence in our life. Faithfulness, lamentations, um, Great is your faithfulness, Lord, your faithfulness to us. So faithfulness becomes a part of our walk with God. Matthew 11, verse 29, I'm humble and gentle. So gentleness, meek and lowly in heart, the scripture says, humble. So gentleness is going to be there in our life. Self-control, oh, that's the hard one. But God said himself, if there's anyone that evidences patience, it's God. That we are still here. How many could exercise the, just the raising of the hand and say, I'm here because God was patient with me. I'm here because I didn't get it right all the time, but God didn't give up on me. I, I'm here because of the patience, the long suffering of God. He suffered for a long time waiting for me to get it right. And so God, when he has done that for us, when that is who he is, guess what? God is looking for that in our lives. I remember him. Um, I actually looked it up this afternoon. It was called uh, Agape Land. It was a, 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 a kid's, back then it was a record, I think, or an eight track. But it was called The Music Machine. Mom and Dad bought The Music Machine for us. And Cheyenne and I sent her a little screenshot of my twin sister. I sent her a little screenshot of it today, and she just like, sent back the exclamation, I remember that. Um, 
the music machine, and, and the music machine, the way that it went is that it, it put all these things in, and then they, the little songs came out, and love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That was my favorite song, the one about self-control. Not because I had it all together. I just remember it was like a little country twang to it. <laughs> Once I had a knot in my shoe, and it would not come loose. I tried, and I tried, and I tried, and I tried. You know, little Garth Brooks, long before Garth Brooks ever made it, ever made it big. It would not come loose. I got so mad, I kicked the door, stubbed my little toe. Oh, if only I had learned a little bit of self-control. Oh, sing it with me. No. No, no, don't. But those, the, the fruit of the Spirit, if it's there, if the root is God, and we've, we see all of those, those elements in God, then God expects to see those elements in us. God expects to see that in us. God expects to see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in us. That's why scripture says, love the Lord and love your neighbor. Those two commandments, all the other commandments hinge on those two commandments. Uh, Philippians 4 and 4, rejoice in the Lord, joy. Uh, 1 Peter 3.11, seek peace and pursue it. Peace, be patient with everyone. Oh, someone just read that, underline that. Got your yellow highlighter, highlight it. Be patient with everyone, including Pastor Jack. Clothe yourself, clothe yourself with kindness. Kindness, Colossians 3, 12. Let us do good to all people, Galatians 6, 10. Be faithful even to the point of death, Revelation 2, verse 10. Wow, some heavy-duty scriptures there. It said, uh, Timothy, Paul writing to Timothy said, The servant of the Lord must be gentle. And 2 Peter, add to your knowledge, self-control. We, we aren't, these aren't optional these aren't options. These are commands that God has given us in Scripture. And it's so easy for us to just kind of glaze over that and, and say, well, let's, you know, let's, get, <clears throat> let's get the music team back up and, and get the songs moving because we need a move of the Spirit. Well, sometimes it's the growth of the Spirit that we need the most, the growth of the Spirit. And that happens in our life with the fruit of the Spirit. Blank number two, the fruit of the Spirit is singular. It's not... It's not the fruits of the Spirit. It is the fruit of the Spirit. And every, every one of those attributes you find in that single fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is a package deal. We can't take what we want and leave the rest behind. We have got to, we have got to allow all of those attributes to become a part of who we are. Now, now we all know our personalities are going to gravitate to some elements of the, the fruit of the Spirit that we more naturally uh, are acclimated to, that we, we more naturally walk out in our life. Some of you are, are patient to the nth degree. Some of you are kind. You're so kind. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm trying to think of an example, and I'm just going to move on. <laughs> I'll just let it settle deep in your spirit and but we all, here, here, here's where I need to get. We all have elements of the fruit of the Spirit that we have trouble with. Amen? All right, I'll move on. Blank three. Gifts show my ministry fruits 
sorry, show my ministry. Fruits show my maturity. Gifts show my ministry. Fruits show my maturity. Um, God gives us gifts so we can exercise our ministry. Everyone is a minister. I, I think that it's good for us to remind ourselves that here on this platform is the lowest number of ministers in our church family. You all are called to be ministers. Everyone is a minister. Just tap your neighbor and tell them you're a minister. So gifts that come along with the gift of the Holy Ghost, those gifts will show ministry in your life, but the fruits will show the maturity in your life. Do you know why? Because, uh, you know, I wrote in my notes over this, I said it's kind of like harvest and Christmas. Both bring a lot, but it was very different the way that you got what you got. It, it, with, with harvest, somebody went out and planted the seed. Somebody tilled the soil. Somebody allowed those, those plants to grow up. That's, that's what happened in harvest. At Christmas, it was just like, clear the way, start tearing wrapping paper off. We, we were blessed with wonderful gifts. Well, the gifts of the Spirit come. It comes with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and, and different gifts are given to different people, every man according to his several ability. The Bible's, you know, different gifts come to, to be exercised in the body of Christ. That's why sometimes in a service you'll hear somebody speak in tongues. And then somebody will give the interpretation of those tongues. That's the gifts of the Spirit in operation. Sometimes you'll be in a service and just all of a sudden someone will give a word of faith and faith rises in the room for healing to happen. We pray for healing because we believe that God heals. We pray for miracles because we believe that God can. We believe all those things can happen. Those are gifts of the Spirit that, that are exercised in our church. But the fruit of the Spirit is like the harvest. It takes some work. It takes some diligence. It takes some, somebody being intentional and allowing, allowing those things to grow in our life. That's, that's what we're talking about tonight. And, and, and gifts, I'll just talk about that because, you know, so we have a one, just, I'll have your attention for two seconds here. You have gifts on one side and you have fruit on the other. I'm not saying we don't need gifts. We absolutely do need gifts. But we also need the fruit of the Spirit. And that's, that's what we're talking about. We, we need the fruit of the Spirit in our life. Developing the fruit, point number four. Developing the fruit of the Spirit of my life is the ultimate spiritual experience. Tongues may be that initial evidence of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We see it in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. But the continuing evidence of the Holy Ghost in my life is the fruit of the Spirit. Okay. Romans 12 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to the world, but there's going to be a transformation that happens in our minds. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And, I, you know, I, it's, this, isn't, <clears throat> this is just like maintenance. It's one of those, uh, you know, I talked about Justin's inspection on his truck on Sunday. And uh, I was chuckling to Kathy after. I said, you know, I could, I could speak the most profound theological truth, but all I ever hear, hear back about is the story. <laughs> In the words of Harold Hoffman, nobody ever notices the incredible preaching machine that I am. <laughs> if you know me, you know that I don't think that's true. 
But we all, just like Justin's truck, we all need a little more work in these areas. We all need a little maintenance. We need to talk about it a little bit because if we don't talk about it, guess what? It just kind of goes off to the side. And we've got to remind ourselves, we got, we've got to grow in Christ. We've got to grow as a body of believers because if we don't grow, we'll stagnate. And it's just like the escalator. We can't stand still. We've got to constantly be moving forward in Christ. And it's, that's not a drudgery. That's an excitement because God is taking us to new levels. God's taking us to new heights. Guess what God could do with people that have the fruit of the Spirit exercising in their life? It's going to be more evident than anything you could ever say, any sermon you could ever preach. The fruit of the Spirit are going to be so obvious and so evident, especially against a world that has the backdrop of the lusts of the flesh at work and people exercising their personal desire to the nth degree. Guess what happens when somebody shows up and the fruit of the Spirit are there? It's so obvious. It's just like, it's just like that fruit tree on my neighbor's lawn right now. He's got a pear tree. Yeah, every time I look out the window now, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about sneaking over and getting a couple pears. <laughs> Can't ignore it. I'm washing my hands at the sink. and like, man, look at those. I just want to. But that's what it is in your life. When you allow the fruit of the Spirit. John, if you're watching, you can bring a bushel over. There's lots there. Um, <laughs> if, if you have the fruit of the Spirit in your life, people are going to want what you have. People are going to, you're on display. You don't even realize it. All you've been do doing is just letting God grow something in your life. All you've been doing is just experiencing the goodness of God and, and going forward and allowing God to grow something in your life. But without you even noticing and without you even realizing, people are seeing what's happening and they're saying, I want what they've got. I want to become that. I need that. I can't live without that. People are observing what's happening in your life, and they want to become what you've got. They want that. So we all need a little more work, and so that's why we've paused to take the next few weeks and emphasize the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. It's, it's uh, you know, we just need it. Someone say we need it. You have to intentionally cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. Cultivate means to prepare and use land for crops or gardening. You have to intentionally cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in your life. And Jesus uh, taught that. He talked to us about uh, the sower, that he went out to sow in the seed. Some seed fell by the wayside. Fowls of the air came and devoured it up. Some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of the earth. When the sun was up, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, and some hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. Well, he, the fruit was determined by how good of the soil the root fell in. The seed fell in, and that root went deep. And you're going to have different people. We are going to be one of four people. The word that, that's preached on Sunday, the word that's delivered in lessons like this tonight, the word that's preached to our youth and, and to our children in our classes, it, it has a landing spot. And we determine what kind of landing spot it is. There are four kinds of people in your, note, in your notes. Pathway people. They're pathway people. They're hardened by the influences that they allow in their lives. That's why it's very important who we allow to be our friends 
That's why it's very important how close we get to the associates in our life, the people that we connect with, the literature that we read, the TV programs that we watch, the music that we listen to, how, how intent we are in pursuit of the things in life that we're desirous of, the pursuit of pleasure, our personal ambitions, our private thought life. They all determine how hard the path is that the seed falls on. So we have pathway people. We have rocky people. Some people are shallow. Uh, they, they never develop what it takes to serve God consistently. There's a thin layer of soil. It's just a superficial experience. It's, it's temporary at best. It's a field littered with stones. Obstacles and disobedience are littered all throughout. They, they're, it's rocky. Streaks of gravel in the soil. And, and just, you know, their life is tempered with ingratitude and criticism. And, and they're They're fussy. <laughs> Rocky people, we're, we're just going to move on before we start naming names. No. Thorny people, crowded by the distractions of overactive life or overscheduled life. Oh, be careful. Be careful with the calendar. The cares and anxieties of everyday life can, can become what chokes out the seed of the word of the Lord. The deceitfulness of wealth, the magnet of materialism can pull you in. And before you even realize it, God can't grow in your life like he wants to. I'm not saying we shouldn't want stuff. That's always our, our disclaimer because we, you know, we, we've got to live, we've got to be. But, but to not let those things get a hold of us. That's why... Giving is so critical. That's why missions is such a, an emphasis for our church family. Because it releases the hold that we have on what we have. We, 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 you can tell. We like nice stuff. We like it to look good. This is the house of God. We, we, we want to do it well. We want to, we you know, we don't expect you all to come on a skateboard. But make sure that you leave room for God to grow in your life. The productive, finally, the productive people are, are people that have good ground to grow the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. People who hear and receive the admonition of the Word. People who live in the Spirit and allow fruit to be produced in their life. They have deep roots that go down in the soil that God wants to grow them in. That's why Jesus said in John 15, verse 5, I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. I need, we need, our roots to go deep into that soil until he becomes the part of us that begins to grow. That's what we need. Someone say, that's what I need. So if we carry on, we're, you know, we had a little trouble with the formatting on your handout, but if we carry on right over that next chart, if you wanted to just write love over that, love over Galatians 5, 22 to 23, 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 7, if you, if you want to write love over that, in my notes, I don't know, maybe it's not <clears throat> spiritually correct, I have what's love got to do with it. <laughs> Speaking of roots and fruit. I'm not a fan, it's just a tagline. 
our text that we read earlier, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love is where this all begins. Love is the cornerstone that, that all of this is built on. Love is the deepest root. It's the central root that goes down in the soil and, and allows the others to grow off it. We, we know that in Scripture because love, love is, is that, that, that hinge point. It's that, that thing that everything else in our life swings on. And so we're just going to, that's, that's my, my duty for the remainder of our time together tonight is to, to just talk to you for a few minutes about love. Love. Um, if you were to look at our text, and I just read it briefly, but if you'll look down through chapters five, chapter 5, Galatians 5, verse 22 to 23, you'll, you'll see that love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are, are all there listed. But you'll find those mirrored in 1 Corinthians 13. And, and if you've ever been here in this room when we've conducted a marriage ceremony, you know that uh, whether it's Pastor Woodward, myself, Pastor Matt, when, when we're somewhere in that marriage ceremony, we talk about love from 1 Corinthians 13. Because it, <clears throat> it creates a level of responsibility that we all strive to reach. And if you'll read 1 Corinthians 13, you'll find all the fruit of the Spirit evidenced in that, uh, in that chapter. You'll find that love, it's in this language, love doth not seek her own it's not selfish or self-centered. Love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rather rejoices in the truth. There's joy. It's not easily provoked, but it is serene and stable. Love suffers long. It perseveres. It's patient. Love is merciful, thoughtful, and concerned. It envies not. Love is great, gracious, and generous. It is kind and good. Love thinks no evil, but it has faith in God and others. Love is humble and gentle. Love does not vaunt itself. Love is disciplined and controlled. Love does not behave unbecomingly. The love is that, is that cornerstone. It's the hinge point. I don't know what word to use tonight. It's, it's what all of the fruit of the Spirit work with. It works together with love. And love, if we have love, then all those other gifts come so freely. And, and just as we're transitioning from talking about the fruit of the Spirit into uh, the aspects of the fruit of the Spirit tonight, love, I wonder if we could just take a moment and lift our hands and say, God, would you help me? to love. God, would you allow love to be at work in my life? Would you allow love to be that center point in my spirit that you can work with? Lord, we need God, we need a revelation of love that God that has no restrictions that reaches beyond borders and barriers and boundaries. God, we need your love. There are two very strong misconceptions about love in your notes. The world says that love is a feeling. But God says that love is a matter of choice. You say, that, that doesn't sound right. Probably not if we're going by the world's definition of love. Love is not a feeling. Love is a command. We talked about the commands earlier, right? Not the Ten Commandments. We talked about these commands that God gives us. Husbands, love your wives when you feel like it. I'm so glad he put that in there. 
No, he didn't. He said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. Husbands, love your wives. It's a commandment. But the world is saying love is a feeling. What if I don't feel like it? Love anyway. Walk in love. Walk love out. Walk love out. Act it out. Some say that's faking it. And sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. Some of you, I mean me, I, I'm good. I got the mic. There are, there are four Greek words you'll find in Scripture. There's four different words used that we would use the single word love for. We, you know, um, we would use the word love. I love my dog. I love, I love this truck. You know, not, 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 not nearly the same. But we all understand it because we only got one word. So, you know, work with what you got. Work with what you got. But in Scripture, there's, there's, there's the different uh, Greek words that, that communicate love at different levels and responses and and you know there's eros that's the sexual or sensual love and that's communicated in scripture there's storge there's the that's the family or the natural love within a family um there's phile that's friendship or companionship love i love you bro you know what i mean love you bro you know that's the same word that i tell kathy i love you with but guess what i don't love bro as much as i love kathy even though i use the same word Love you, bro. So it's not the same. And then, and then finally, there is agape love. That's God's love. And so we have all of those words, and, and we, could, <clears throat> we could break them all down with different definitions, and, and we, we've got all that here. We're just going to kind of just skip past that tonight. But I, I do want to talk to us about agape love, because that's the love that we're striving for. Because if, if agape love is, is the love that's of God, then that is what God is looking for of us. Someone say agape. And this is by far the kind of love the Bible refers to the most about. It, it, it has nothing to do with romance or natural affection or sentiment. It's, it's not dependent on physical attractiveness, personality, or harmonious atmosphere. It, doesn't, it isn't determined by what you do for me, so that's when I'm going to love you. It's not hinged on gifts. It's not hinged on it. Agape love is a decision that commits itself to the well-being of another, regardless of the reaction of the one being loved. And if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. When that baby is born, you love that baby. That baby couldn't do anything for you. It's only going to require something of you. But, but you know when your children were born how you felt. That immediate connection, that powerful bond that was there, that, that determination that you had in your mind, in your spirit, in your will, that you were going to do whatever it took to provide for, to create an environment for, to build for this child. That kind of love. That, that's the kind of love. It's, it's not a love. That's to, it's a decision in that moment that commits itself to the well-being of another. Well, guess what? God, God wants us to translate that kind of love the world that's around us. God is looking for us to love. For God, guess what? God so loved the world. God loved the world with all of its sin. God loved the world with all of its wrong. God loved the world with all the people that did all the wrong things. God said, um, I love them. 
I love them with an everlasting, that he gave his only, that he gave, that he went to the cross of Calvary and gave his life, a ransom for many. That kind of love is the love that God says now, now that I've evidenced it, now that I've lived it out, now that I've put it on display, I'm looking for a church that will love the world like that. And and, and right about now, we all want to shoot our hands in the air and say, yeah, but what, what about what about those people? What about, what about that situation? Guess what? God is looking for a group of people that when your love is on display, it's going to be so obviously different that the world is going to wonder how you can love like that. I'll tell you how. When the root goes deep and you get a hold of the agape love that God is and you let that grow into your life, you are going to be able to look past wrongdoing. You're going to be able to look past people that do you wrong. You're going to be able to look past all all those elements and you're going to be able to say you know what I know it's not right I know there's some things that are out of order I know all of that shouldn't be but guess what I love them and we should be amening a lot louder than that tonight because we are the people of God so guess what people of God we have got to display God's love and we need to get that root deep in the soil until it becomes a part of who we are. That's why we've got to, that's why we got to put our, our, our lives in the inspection shop for a few minutes today. That's why we've got to say, God, have we got some barriers? How big is the wall that I've got up between me and the person that you're trying to reach? I may be the only one that will. So if it's hinging on me and it's hinging on the love that I have, I have got, come on, I've got to let love grow up in my life. The fruit of love has got to be evidenced until I'm able to love. Until I'm able to love. We, we've got to have love, that kind of love. We have got to have it in our lives as a shield, in your notes, for the other kinds of love in our lives. It's not a love that we're going to produce. So if you feel a little frustrated right now, you feel inadequate right now, that's good because we can't do it on our own. We need, we need the love that God produces for us. Guess what? Do good to them that despitefully. Guess where that strength comes from? Love. Guess what happens when you're able to step over the whole pile of problems that people have thrown your way and you're still able to embrace them and love them? Guess why? Because your love realizes, the love that you have realizes, this whole world is temporary. Everything that we're walking through right now, at best, if we get 100 years, we're doing great. But when we slip over into the sunny side of eternity, it's forever and ever and ever. So what if we put up with a little bit of garbage down here so we could take somebody with us over there? That is the kind of love we're talking about. We have got to love. We've got to love. Not a love we produce, but it's the love that God produces in us. We can come back to the music tonight. We, we live in a culture that has such a shallow definition of love. Four-minute songs, one-hour shows, two-hour movies, an afternoon paperback novel, and that defines everything but the biblical narrative of love. You know, the world, <clears throat> number two, line blank two on that page, the world says that love is uncontrollable. We like that because it means that it's out of our control. A lot of people use words like, I'm in love, I feel giddy, my head's spinning, I'm weak in the knees. That's not love, that's seasick. 
I'm love struck. Yes. Yes, you are. <laughs> I remember Brother C.B. Dudley teaching us down in the old Bible school chapel, first year class. He sat on a chair at the front, and he said, if you fell in love, you'll fall out. <laughs> Falling in love, that's, that's, that's a manhole cover removed. But if, you know, if you fell in love, then you can't help it. And you definitely can't help it when you fall out of love. That's why love has got to be a decision in your handout. God says that love is a matter of conduct. Love isn't a feeling. It's a command. It's how we choose to conduct ourselves in our interactions with the world around us. John outlived all the other apostles and he had an incredible perspective on the church in the New Testament. He was around for the first 70 years of church history. And after seeing the church's struggles and triumphs, this is very, come on, this is very important. Because here we are 2,000 years later and we're still wanting to, walk, wanting to walk in God's will. But after John watched the church for 70 years, struggles, triumphs, he placed love at the priority, the place of utmost importance if you read through the, the epistle of 1 John, you'll find that over and over again, he commends people not to have apostolic Pentecostal revival. He didn't command them all to go back to the upper room in Jerusalem, Acts 2. No, no. He said, you know what we need? We need, he said, dear children, chapter 3, verse 18. 1 John 3, 18. Dear children, let us stop just saying we love each other. Let us really show it by our actions. Love is about actions. We can talk until we're blue in the face. We can, we can write in the margins of that handout until we are out of blue ink. But our responsibility tonight that God places on us is to leave with an agenda of love. Love. Our heart will reveal what we are in our actions. So somehow we've got to say, God, let me love like you loved. If we go back to 1 Corinthians 13 for a moment, because that chapter tells us what love is supposed to be like. Love is patient. In your, in your handout, blank A, love is patient. Patience means that I take time to, to wait for somebody else to become what God is calling them to be. Patience mean that, means that I, I'm willing to, to work with someone to recover what they lost in a spiritual battle. Patience means that I'm willing, I'm willing to get myself motivated. Maybe when somebody isn't motivated. But guess what? If I lead the way, maybe they'll come along with me for the journey. Love says, let's go. That's the tough part of love. Love is patient. Love, love means that you may be the only one making the move, but you're willing to because you know if you can just get other people to join the party, it's going to be incredible when we all become people that love. B, love is kind. Kindness means the ability to care for each other in practical details of every life. Isn't it just nice when you run into someone that's kind? Kindness doesn't cost anything. 
Excuse me. Be kind. It's my cologne. It's not COVID. Love is kind. Doesn't kindness just set people apart? Right now, you're thinking of someone you know that's kind. Kindness sets you apart, and it costs you nothing. It costs you your pride sometimes, and it costs you costs you not losing your cool. It costs you not, not being mean, not being rude, not being angry, not, not maintaining your right kind. Kindness is, is an evidence of love. Kindness is living out our, our wedding vows every day, not just during a re-wedding ceremony. It's, it's being the people that we committed to be, to the spouse that God has given us. But then let's take it further. What about our children? What about, what about our neighbor? What about Tim Hortons when, when they do take 20 minutes in the drive-thru? I, I have to remind myself, they know who you are. They know who you are. Kindness means adapting and accepting the inconvenience. Because maybe you don't know what's happening on the other side of the drive through screen. Maybe you don't know that the coffee pot just hit the floor. And everybody's scrambling. Or like most Sunday mornings, there's no donuts yet. Maybe. Maybe in the grand scheme of things, those little things don't really matter. But guess what really does matter? Kindness. Oh, this is so simple tonight. I don't know why we're taking time to talk about this. I... I know, because we all need help with this. Because we're all people, and pride gets the best of us. So how do we do it? Well, here's a few instructions. We, we do not change our actions by first changing our feelings in your notes. Rather, our feelings will change when we first change our actions. Make the adjustments Become who God is calling us to be. Someone say love. Romans 5 and 5 as we close out this lesson tonight. Hope maketh not ashamed because, why? Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. Hope maketh not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts because of the Holy Ghost which is given unto us. It really is true, folks. It's as simple as that. By their fruits, by their fruits, ye shall know them. The fruit of the Spirit is the most important part of our testimony. It's our next step it's our next step after salvation to become what God is calling us to be. How many are just going to commit with me tonight that I'm going to love? 
I'm going to love unconditionally. I'm gonna, that doesn't mean I, I accept everybody's activities. It doesn't mean that I say, yes, you're right. Guess what? They can be wrong, and I can still love them. You say, well, that sounds arrogant. It's not arrogant. Sometimes you, you just know. Like, like you know more than your two-year-old. You still love them when they smear chocolate icing all over the floor and come with it all over their face. You know that's wrong, but you still love them. To love people in spite of allows the Holy Ghost to be shed abroad. You're going to run across more people this week that may or may not ever be in a youth convention, in a camp meeting, in a Sunday service at CCC. But, but guess what? Love, if it's shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, it's going to impact the world around us. Standing together, let's pray. I'm wondering if you would seriously commit. We're, we're going to talk <clears throat> for the next few weeks. I'm really, really excited about some of the communicators that we have, some people that you haven't heard before are going to be behind this podium talking to us about the fruit of the Spirit in their lives. It's going to be going to be exciting. It's going to be great. But the only, the only way that this is beneficial is if we allow it to become a part of our lives. So I'm wondering if you'll just pray together with me. Let's, let's do what James said. Let's become a doer, not just a hearer of the word. Father, we're asking tonight, show us the avenue to let this be walked out in our life. Jesus, I pray that as we leave, we will be committed to a level of love that we never have before. God, it doesn't have to change who we are but it allows us to become who you're calling us to be. We're still your people, but God, allow us to love the world the way that you love them. For God so loved the world. God, I pray that we'd be able to insert our names in that scripture and let us love the world the way that you loved them. I thank you for the power of your word. God, I know that it's working in this room tonight. We release it. We ask for the product of it to become the fruit in our life. We'll give you praise. In Jesus' name, we ask it. Would the church say amen? Amen. God bless you tonight. It's been our distinct privilege to teach this lesson to you. We love you very much. God bless.